I saw this post on Facebook. Uh, let me back up a second. <clears throat> I became a Facebook person in 2008 when I was getting ready to move to Burma, to Myanmar in Southeast Asia near Thailand. And it was one of the options of keeping touch in touch with my friends and family back here at a time when um, foreigners in Burma were not allowed to have cell phones um, or and the uh, Burmese government uh, was blocking websites. So at that point, we were trying to figure out how I could keep in touch. Phone calling was, you know, the Skype and all of that was really difficult because of um, internet connections, whatnot. Anyway, so I'm on Facebook and I have kept my Facebook account because... It is a way to keep in touch and it is fun to see what people post and because my brain is already developed, I don't really have that FOMO um, idea that, you know, people are, people are doing more than me and I'm jealous. Um, in fact, when I see people post things, uh, it sometimes just warms my heart. Anyway, with our current political situation, I have started to make sure that I'm not only liking and friends with people who have the exact same paradigm that I do based on previous episode two where I'm in full on fully understand that people come from different backgrounds however this morning as I'm cleaning up and getting ready for my realtor to come over to talk to me about what I need to do to this house I was just cruising around and I came across this post that I would like to respond to, but I really don't know how. Um, so I thought I'd get some of your advice. One of the people that I'm not truly friends with, right? Like I would not consider this person a friend, but I do um, have connections, those six degrees of separations. And uh, the post goes like this. Um, the tagline when this person shared it was tired of being played yet. And then the post follows with 1960s oil gone in 10 years, 1970s, another ice age in 10 years, 1980s acid rain will destroy all crops in 10 years, 1990s, the ozone layer will be destroyed in 10 years, 2000s, the ice caps will be gone in 10 years. None of this happened, but all resulted in increased taxes. Okay. The person that posted this is uh, not old enough to really remember <clears throat> all of these time periods. Neither am I. I was born in the 70s, so I don't uh, have any memories of the 60s. But you know what I do have? I have access to history. And I think our country and our people have forgotten that we have access to historical documents with the full understanding that they are skewed by who publishes them. Because remember, if I'm going to write down my recollection, it's definitely going to come from my paradigm. Um, but I looked at this post and I said, oh, girl, let me help you. Do you know why we haven't really quite yet run out of oil? Because the oil companies have used millions of dollars subsidized by taxpayers to design and implement new technology to get oil out of places where previously it was impossible. Do you know why we haven't run out of oil yet? 
because there are people in our world that are converting to solar and converting to wind. And there are cities that are using um, alternative energy sources, hydropower, nuclear power, to make sure that their towns and cities have electricity. Do you know why uh, we haven't had another ice age yet? (laughs) Because the climate is warming. Uh, The trend, the earth's pattern. So again, right, like in history, just like mathematics and science, we can only, we only be, we're only able to follow patterns. The pattern of what we know about the earth and how it uh, changes over time is we're due for another ice age. We're not in another ice age because we are taking that stored carbon out of the layers of the earth and we're burning it. And when you burn this stored hydrocarbons, whether it be petroleum, methane, natural gas, coal, you now break the chemical bonds between those atoms of a solid liquid or liquid and you produce a gas. And that gas goes into our atmosphere And my middle school students can surely tell the world, you can't create nor destroy matter. The matter that's here is the matter that's here. I can certainly change the form. So the carbon can change from being bonded uh, with hydrogen and oxygen in a solid form to breaking apart. Hydrogen gas splits off. Carbon splits off with oxygen. And now I have CO2 added to our atmosphere. One of the other comments on this post or one of the other statements was acid rain will destroy all crops crops in 10 years. Okay, based on her historical uh, laws, the reason why it hasn't is because in the 70s and 80s, you know, after we left our earth and went out to the moon and in 1969, when we looked back on that moon, or excuse me, on that earth surface and we said, whoa, that is is beautiful. It's miraculous. Can you see that blue planet? All of a sudden, it became apparent, holy crap, we should probably protect this beautiful place. This is when the environmental age started. This is when the first Earth Day started. So that idea that we haven't seen acid rain destroy all crops, because at that point, our laws, um, our political system put in place laws to say, you know what, plant that's producing uh, toxic products with toxic waste, you can't just put that in the river. You know what, plant that's producing toxic products with toxic waste, you can't burn that without filtering what goes in our atmosphere. One of the reasons why acid rain has decreased is because of regulations requiring companies to filter their gases that are released. Now, companies can cheat, companies can try to uh, not follow the rules, and they might not get caught, or they might get caught. Right, like so. So that's the idea. Well, oh, they might not follow the rules. You're right. They might not follow the rules. But just because someone might not follow the rules, doesn't mean we don't make rules. Just because people are going to break the rules doesn't mean we don't say, you know what, guys, as a community, we're going to say this is the rule. If you choose to break it, there will be a consequence. 
The other statement was the ozone statement. Do you know why the ozone repaired itself? Because when we found out what we were doing and that hole in the ozone was getting bigger and bigger, we figured out, scientists figured out through experimentation, hey, you guys, it's these chlorofluorocarbons. It's these CFCs that are in these products that, that are waste coming out. We must stop. Our country put a ban on CFCs. And that ban on CFCs then stopped or at least reduced the amount of chlorofluorocarbons being released in the atmosphere. And lo and behold, the ozone healed itself. I just, so here's my um, question and my predicament. How do I respond to this person in a positive, open way? Because you can hear it in my voice. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated that people are willing to post things without knowing, fully understanding that I have been guilty of that as well. It's human for us to see something and just respond, which is why Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat and all of these things are so dangerous because the response is immediate and it's globally infectious. In one second, I can rant and it can reach a ginormous audience, which is kind of powerful and fun, but also a little bit scary if you're not willing to then back up and say, oh, wait a minute. I don't know the whole story. Okay, well, help me. Help me understand the whole story. Why do we live in a world where our media it loves to shock and horrify people? Well, it's because if they don't, you won't click on their link, right? Like we've done studies of if I say, oh, look at all these great things that are happening, that one's not going to become viral. The one that become viral is we're going to die in 10 years. So we can't. And one of my other frustrations is when people blame scientists because scientists are collecting data and doing studies and publishing their findings, fully understanding that it, until it's repeatable, until there's multiple trials and a larger sample size, we can only say what we can say when we can say it. We only know what this pattern showed from this particular experiment, knowing that with a bigger sample, more trials, maybe a different environmental uh, surrounding, and what I mean by that is different uh, con- uh, criteria or constant variables, like how am I controlling the variables that might affect my results, because those aren't the ones I wanted to test. It's really hard. It's really hard to study living systems. So I only know what I just found out. I publish it and the media takes that and spins it into drama. As educated citizens, we need to know that. We need to know that the media is not sharing scientific news. They're sharing their spin on it. We need to know that when you read like, oh, you know, raw eggs are now the best thing for you. Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. You're going to die. They cause salmonella. It's because as we do study after study after study after study, we examine those studies. We look for patterns and we go with what we know. Um, and sometimes scientists are unethical. You know that the vaccine uh, study that was done 
those, that group of scientists lied about their data. They admitted to it. They retracted their study about vaccines contributing to autism. They retracted the study. The media didn't want to share that. They love, the media loves this scary, oh my gosh, there's people not vaccinating, there's people vaccinating. Bottom line, if you choose not to vaccinate, you got to move out of the city. And, and, you know, like historically we were spread out and we did live in little villages, but now when you have 8 million people in a city, we can't afford you to choose not to vaccinate your child for whatever reason, if you want to remain in our city. If you would like to make a personal choice, then you're probably going to have to homeschool your kid and then you can't go to the mall and you can't get on an airplane and you can't do all of those things, which might be okay. Uh, So you can tell I'm frustrated. I don't know how to communicate that. Let's step back before we sensationalize information that's not true. Do some research. You live in a world where there's this ginormous bank of information. The challenge is because nobody had to go through any criteria to publish it. 100% guilty right here as I talk to you on a podcast. I didn't have to write this down, take it to an editor, get it checked for accuracy, and then get it published. I'm just spewing my paradigm. We live in a world where anyone can spew their paradigm at any point. So that's how you approach it. You read something and you go, huh, I wonder where that person's coming from. And I wonder what in here is true and what in here might just be an interpretation of what they thought was true, but that's not actually true. So today I challenge you as you're out and about and uh, thinking about and reading different ideas and uh, looking at different research that you take a second to go, huh, maybe that's not the whole story. Maybe there's something more. Um, There's a quote that I want to share and I'm not going to remember. I'm going to try to remember about history. You know, the, the importance of history, knowing where we came from to know where we want to go. When we look at what's happening and the patterns is this is where is this where we would like to go or not and as these frontal lobed developed primates we can choose